0: Welcome
1: to Women Read Scripture. I'm Christine Thackeray. And I'm Annette Marie Lantos Tillman Dick. And I'm Shima Baradaran-Boffman. Well, we're so
0: excited to continue our discussion of 1 Corinthians, and we're grateful to have Shima. So Shima, do you want to tell us a little bit more about you for those people that are just joining us? Sure, yeah, just very brief uh, summary of my life. I came
2: as an immigrant from Iran when I was seven, And uh, grew up mostly in upstate New York. We ended up staying in this country because we joined the church. So I have this deep, you know, I guess, uh, appreciation for the gospel and the fact that it helped us escape from war-torn Iran. And um, I ended up going to law school. And uh, then I ended up teaching law. And... um, uh, I was at the University of Utah for the longest time. I was there for 10 years, wrote books about bail and criminal justice things. That's my expertise is criminal law. And then, uh, felt during the pandemic, I needed to kind of shift more to building the kingdom and was praying for that. And then BYU calls and, you know, I have this opportunity to help run this, uh, this new religion think tank at at the Wheatley Institute at BYU. So I'll uh, so I'm now you know, BYU Law as well as the Wheatley Institute doing religion work. And um, as part of that, I've also started a TikTok for the young people about um, getting closer to Jesus Christ, trying to inspire young people to think about faith uh, in a different way and maybe uh, think twice before leaving it, it was, as a lot of young people are.
0: And um, so that's been something fun that I've been doing on the side I'm as well. I'm so grateful. I am so grateful for that. That is a wonderful thing. Thanks. Well, today we're covering... Um, like we said, First Corinthians, and Paul is covering some issues, some false teachings that have crept into the church. And it is interesting because there's two points that we're going to be covering. And the first is we're continuing gifts of the Spirit. And the gift of the Holy Ghost only came with the day of Pentecost. And so these many gifts, especially the gift of tongues and the gift of prophecy, was brand new, and a lot of people didn't understand them. And we're bringing in other cultures, and we're confused. A lot of people don't understand
1: these gifts now. (laughs) That is true.
0: (laughs) And the other one was the resurrection. (laughs) We know among the Jewish people at the time of Christ that the Sadducees did not believe in it. The Pharisees did, so it was still a hot topic of debate. But you would think with Christ being resurrected, they would understand it and still they struggled
1: so well, i mean it is very interesting that i and paul goes into that that right. this, you know that, that actually you can't have one without the other but you understand because there were a lot of great teachings in this new mm-hmm. church based on what the savior was jehovah brought and taught because obviously he would have a lot of really valuable stuff and clarified. Right. Clarified the meaning of them. People were like, I like that, I like that, I like that. But Right. But there's truth. It's not a pick and choose. I I, no but but yeah, but I don't know if I believe this piece. Right. But I could relate to that very very much because you know why? Because when I was first listen when I was studying the Church, I remember um, the gospel. I was at the missionaries at my home. And um, they were teaching me all sorts of things about the beliefs, about eternal families and yeah. prayer. And I thought, I like all of that stuff. I had a dear friend, Kristen Cotterell, now Sheffield, um, who had erstwhile, in an erstwhile way always tried to fellowship me. And I was not mm. very stubborn. So <laughs> but she called me again and, and um, you know, wanted to invite me to church. And but I, I asked. Her, I said, Kristen, I have a question. You know, I have the missionaries. That's why I had the missionaries. That's right. I they're here, and I really like a lot of the things they're teaching me that you believe. Yeah. But you don't really believe this stuff about Joseph Smith <laughs> and the angels. Oh, wow. the, I mean, so I understand how you that could means. say, I, you know, I think I really like this path. Now this it's nice, but you don't really but you not believe really that, do you? And I it was a, just a straight question, and Kristen. Yeah. You know, I, Kristen said, well, of course I believe it. And at, <laughs> you, I was shocked, you know, at the time. Completely shocked. She said, yeah. of course I believe it. And at, she said, if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't be a member of this church. Wow. And, and of course, it. it's beautiful the way that the Lord prepares a yes. path. Because I was like, how can you even do that? And then at the very end of the Book of Mormon, right, right there in the last Promise. verses, mm-hmm. is this... How you can find it. Right. Yes. If you ask. Yeah. So well, she that. was going to cover yeah. about
0: the spirit of prophecy and the gift and of tongues. Yes. Two really complicated gifts yes. of the spirit.
2: So interesting. So at the time, what was happening kind of historically was the members of Corinth were kind of getting a little carried away with the gift of tongues. And people would just break out in church and speak (laughs) in tongues and, you know, at length. And um, it was starting to cause confusion and chaos in the church. And so I think they went to Paul, like, what's this deal? And obviously there is a beautiful gift of tongues, but Paul has to set them straight to say, look, um, the gift of tongues is a thing that can be used and, you know, we shouldn't really use it in the churches unless there's an interpreter there. Otherwise, you're just kind of speaking and it's not edifying the church. So he's like, what would edify the church more would be the spirit of prophecy. And by prophecy, he's not talking about like the prophet, you know, prophesying, but just um, testifying of Christ and uh, bearing testimony, sharing your thoughts that might be helpful to others. And so he really kind of says, look, that's not... uh, You don't need to use this as a sign to show that you're feeling the Spirit. You don't need to speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that the parallel to Joseph Smith in the early church was really interesting because he had to say something similar in the DNC to the early saints of like, you know, you don't have to speak in tongues and, and really it's only it should only be used when you're on missions in broad lands and we've all heard stories of missionaries having this beautiful gift and it is an important gift when you're in another country and you have this way to communicate the spirit somehow.
1: In <laughs> our country too. I mean, in our, our country, we, have, we had, I think I, may, I mentioned maybe before that we suddenly have now 18, it was 12, but now 6 more of that family came so now oh, we have wow. 18 members yeah. of one family right. they're from Central Africa they're Cameroonian they're in our ward and they That's awesome. only speak French and they called missionaries who were called just English speaking yeah. mission to to learn French right. and this elder was speaking French and you know I speak French I, I learned when I was very young and I yeah. speak French he was speaking it quite beautifully and I said elder have you um been, did you speak French before? He said, "Oh no, not at all." And he's oh. just learning. And he is the that, gift of I mean, tongues. So that's my, what it is. critical, yeah. you know. So right. he, even in the United yeah. States, we see that, that gift is of tongues, which was meant for. Sorry, no, no, it was.
2: I just uh, going along with what you're saying. I had a friend just barely. Her son's on a mission to Denmark, and oh. the, there's a family that speaks Farsi, and they're starting to come to church. And, uh, you know, nobody there speaks Farsi. There's like one missionary in Europe that they think might speak. Anyway, they're trying to communicate with him. And it's like, you know, you know, the spirit can be communicated because They say this family keeps coming. Like the Denmark members are just sitting, the the Danish members are just sitting by them and like loving them. And I mean that love will will transcend, you know. And um, anyway, it's just like right. Right. It's this this love and this ability to be able to communicate through the spirit. I think you think of all the missionaries that have converted people with their limited language skills. (laughs) So it is a gift that it's beautiful. But anyway, what um, what Paul really focuses on is. We need to speak of the truth of Christ. We need to bear our testimony. And in Strong's Concordance, I don't know if you ever use that, but it said that um, to prophesy is to teach, refute, re- reprove, admonish, and comfort others. And he said, I love when Paul says. He says, look, it's better to speak five words to people in a tongue that they can understand than speak 10,000 in an unknown tongue. So he's it. just, I love, his analogies are so spot on, even now, right, today. Um, but Anyway, I think Joseph uh, Joseph Smith also says, you know, the devil can speak in tongues. We need to be careful about that gift. Um, it's really best to speak when an interpreter is present, which is what the, the kind of modern revelation says on that. But um, but yes, it's useful in missionary work, but we really should focus on this gift of prophecy that we all can have, which is to edify others, to speak of Christ, to testify, and um you know, he he says something that's so good in, in understanding Paul and the New Testament in other areas we'll talk about later. But he says, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches and of the saints. And I love that because it's, you know, it would be confusing if everyone kind of spoke in tongues all the time at church. Can you imagine if we're so- trying to function and no one understands what anyone else is saying? And and it's and it can be a sign of like puffery a little bit of Absolutely. look at me I'm more spiritual than you versus like how how do we edify each other like
1: how do we love and show that love you know? I I have a beloved friend who is a a member of of the church she joined the church at Yale too actually mm-hmm. and but she came from a, a a tradition of um a church where tongues were a very mm-hmm. important part yeah. of their worship right. service and she said that she always felt in a little out of it because she just didn't have that particular thing. Now, I will tell you my little granddaughter, Mira, who doesn't go to church, but Mira has the gift of tongues. She wow. talks and babbles in. A language that, okay, and yeah. But that's sorry. not really the gift I of know, tongues. That's I what know. we're saying. But it's, so <laughs> yeah. cute, but it's so, I mean, but, uh, but, but it, it is if he tries, so yeah. it would be For what it. other people she thought were the gift of right. tongues. Yeah, but, but Paul corrected but, you. But yeah, yeah. And exactly. And all I can say is that I get into it. I, I've never, yes. I mean, I do speak other languages, but I haven't. In a conscious way, I had this gift of tongue, right. like an unknown tongue. But with Mira, but there is I no, get into right. It, but know? unknown tongues is not from, an essence, yeah. the Spiritist,
0: unless there's an interpreter, it, unless totally. there's a purpose. Oh, but I right. could see, what I wanted to say about
1: that was that. Mira and I really enjoy <laughs> enjoy it. Enjoy it in your tongues. How yeah. people could get off on it. That's right. what yeah. I was going to oh, say. Oh, yes. How it could be that's a confusion. That's what oh, I wanted sure. to say. Even though it, with us, we don't really do it with spiritual intent, I don't think. But it does feel sort of right. like a gift because nobody else can do it. And the two of us right. are just going, back that's and right. right. that's a game. That's not that a gift so to the spirit. Fun. That's right. But I think,
0: too. Yeah. Prophecy and yes. the gift of tongues is one where people can totally misunderstand, and it become like a game, yeah. like a fortune cookie game, yeah. where people will talk about the future and things that haven't sure. been totally revealed, right.
2: Right. and they
0: play in those corners and think that's prophecy. Yes, but he, the way Paul describes yes. it is totally different. different, and I was touched because. Yes. I have teenagers who have struggled with college and finding their place and, sure. you know, and, and it's funny because one of them, I felt so strongly and I went and talked to him and said, I really feel you need to finish your degree. Mm-hmm. I, and I usually give yeah. grown children their freedom, but I felt so inspired to tell him he needs to do yeah. this. And that was the gift of prophecy mm-hmm. because we'll he returned Finished, has a great career. And he's the one that's now dating a girl. So it's like so happy. His life is just like like veered in great ways. And to me, that you think is just a parent nagging, but it was through the spirit. It was the spirit. That's what it is. I felt inspired. Yeah. And it was about his future. It was the gift of prophecy. And even as we minister. And, and and not nagging, but reproving yes. and lifting or finding holes to people's testimony and, and strengthening them. That is the gift That's of, the gift of prophecy. prophecy. And we all can have it. Um, and we don't think of that in terms of prophecy. Right.
1: And part of that, I think, Christine, is this thing of hearkening to the Spirit. Mm-hmm. When we get prompted to share something, oh, right. not yes. to just... That's right. Not just, I mean, there are times when we need to bite our tongue, and that yeah. is important. Mm-hmm. We need to be kind we need to not let it all hang out but there are inspirations we receive that we need to be we need to be faithful enough and to just share them and when it's something like
2: coming from the spirit to tell you to do something good trying to listen the first time I know that I have to learn that lesson over and over where the Spirit has to tell me something several times. I <laughs> yes, hear and I think you. of I was telling you how we converted the church. The woman who baptized helped baptize our family I mean, she baptized us but yeah. introduced us to the church. She said she had the prompting three different times to speak to my dad. I mean, and the third time she, she remembers it, he was at a water fountain getting a drink and she's like, Go talk to him about the church. And she was so afraid because she was a she was Persian but she was like, he's Muslim. Like I can't talk to him about the church. What will he think? And he'll, you know what I mean? It took so much courage, but that boldness of you being able to tell
0: your son that for all of us to be able to act on the spirit. now think about it. The Lord knows things from the beginning yeah. from the end, right. and it truly is prophecy. That's right. For Him to inspire yep. her, yep. He knew yeah. He would be here. I know. He knew and your I think the implications lives would of our life. You know,
1: Christine and I were talking a little bit about how interesting this piece on prophecy was to yeah. her. It's how so we, different? We don't usually think about that being a gift that we each can have. Though, of course, right. Moses said when you know when he was with the israelites in the desert and people came to him and said there are other people prophesying other people preaching." he said i wish that all god's children Uh, were prophets and he's not talking about all being president nelson that's right we all need to prophesy of the spirit each of us have the potential that's right and as he said that i was thinking a little bit about my husband my late husband Mm. and my beautiful daughter charity who who died um in 2019 um They both said things and shared things Mm. with us which in retrospect have been quite prophetic. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yes, and um, sometimes it was something that came to them in a dream. Sometimes it was... And the truth of those things has been borne out in the years subsequent. And when you mentioned that, Christine, I was thinking... That is beautiful. We need to be alert to perceiving also the gift of prophecy when it comes to us sure, and to hearken to it. And to
0: share openly when we feel inspired. Yeah. It's so, I've had a, I have a a best friend who
2: had this dream. So I had shared with her, my husband and I in 2016 decided because we, uh, we got married later in life and, Um, So I was married once before and then divorced and then found my husband currently and we got married later in life And anyway, he had this prompting that we should go to the temple every week in 2016 and we started going and we've been going, you know But I had this I had I told my friend this and I hadn't told anyone because I didn't want to feel like I'm bragging or something But I told her and she then had this beautiful dream It was like a prophecy and she saw her life and it was like one path was you know, kind of going to the temple with, as President Nelson tells us, keeping that appointment with exactness and joy, and going as often as she could, versus not. And she kind of saw her future, and it was like prophetic because she saw her family and the choices they'd make. And I just think, you know, especially as women and mothers, That's, like we can have this gift where God will speak to us and through us, through us, and through you us. Know, for, I mean, and I don't, you know, I change the the projection of our children's lives, of our lives. Wow. I mean,
1: this is powerful totally. stuff. Totally. I mean, my friend Kristen, you know stayed on me yeah. to, about this. To, yeah. I, of course, I have this wonderful mother who is a member of the church, but we had, to, but it caused, you know, my dad yeah. didn't like it. So my mother was very careful about the ways that she sought to share it. Mm-hmm. She was careful to not o- overtly yeah. try to get her ch- daughters to join the church. Yeah. So, but my friend that she had the persistence, and I think that to to um, keep asking me when I said no right, over and over right. again. Wow. And and I think that um, it is really important. Who was the sister who in conference said we can know if it doesn't feel comfortable or feels inconvenient that it probably is a prompting of the spirit. Mm, <laughs> you know? Wow. Did you I, I wish I could I remember, remember who, who it was yeah. um, um, I think that maybe Mariana quoted her in another one of our um, episodes, but I thought I'm sorry I'm not giving you credit, dear sister, who said it. But <laughs> yes. the thought it was, thing. was yes. an important thought. And yes. I think that it is important for us. If it's something that we were, we thought maybe we should, and then we're like, you know what? I don't think I can do that. Okay, That's so a good
0: reason to do yeah. it. This is just making me like... So we were living in a very happy house mm-hmm. that we were renting for a really good price. And all of a sudden, my husband drove by a house and he said, we're supposed to move in there. And I'm like we don't need to buy a house we can't afford. It was, you know, but we walked in and I felt the spirit and I knew. You knew it, wow. And it's so funny because one of my dearest friends who really struggled and then was able to have a spiritual awakening moved into the house we moved out of. So we became very, very close. And then 2008 hit and we ended up moving out of that house and the family moved into the house that we had bought Mm -hmm. that was going to be homeless and was struggling with homelessness. And so their family was able to move in to that house. And then we moved over to Marianna's while she was on her mission and lived up there. And my husband was able to do all these great things. And some of the greatest moments of my life all happened with us moving out of a very comfortable situation but it was so prophetic because the lord knew
2: that's what you all of
0: these moments all these things that had to touch the lord loved this one family that was struggling the lord loved this other woman that i would have run away from had not we had this connection and it's just amazing how the lord it's prophecy and i never thought of that as prophecy Mm -hmm. but it was it was so prophetic because it had to do with what the future held for our lives
1: that's right. And I, I think that it is so valuable wh- as we confront what may seem like rather unwelcome challenges in our life, mm-hmm. things that happen, to try to step back and yeah. say, what could be, and I'm just going to use, because we're using that right. language right now, the prophetic piece in this development, yeah. well, what might be the way that things yeah. could move that would be Important and valuable. Right. Something happened and to me recently, a little bit right. like that, and I was grateful because first, you know, it helps. Please, dear listeners, immerse yourself in the scriptures. <laughs> yes. Do what I said. If it does, if it isn't obvious what they mean, get another yeah. translation. There's so many wonderful ones. There's a wonderful. There's LPS, too. LDS the, the yes. guidebooks. The David Ridges is amazing. Yeah, and then know. and then the There's new so LDS um, person who, who is the one who translated the. New Testament. I got it. The one oh, um, from BYU. I don't know. Oh, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, that, it is beautiful. Um, that um, Nylan spoke of. Yes. Uh, and, and of course, but there are so many wonderful translations. Right. But immersing yourself, you see how it interfaces with your life. Oh, absolutely. You, because if you are, when this event happened recently that could have been, you know, really off-putting for a variety of reasons, I think, waited. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to react yet. I'm going to think about it a little bit. And as it's I thought up. about it and gave time for the spirit, which is another thing yes. to give time mm-hmm. for the spirit mm-hmm. to act upon us, I saw so many wonderful possibilities hmm. in this change that felt uncomfortable and difficult That's neat. for me. Well,
0: um, as we talked about events that are coming um, in our lives, you had an incredibly difficult event that had everything to do with our next topic, which is the victory over death, mm. and so we'd love to hear your thoughts on this next piece.
1: Well, as um, as you were saying, Christine, there were all kinds of teachings and ideas that were really infiltrating themselves into the um, gatherings of the saints in right, Corinth. In and Corinth. Paul, Paul, I love. They say that Paul, um, in the letters to the Romans he showed how pastoral his theology was hmm. oh, um, because it was mostly laying out beliefs. Clearly, yeah. mm-hmm. But he did it in a way that applied to people. And in Corinthians, he shows how theological hmm. his pastoring is. That he is responding yeah. to... To holes. The, he's responding rent. to concerns, specific <laughs> <Right>. concerns. <laughs> Absolutely. That he, the flock, his flock in yeah. Corinth has brought to his... attention have brought to his attention, Um, but he, in each of these problems, what he sees is a spiritual, theological, something about God that they don't understand, Mm. that they need to understand better. And if they do, the problem will take care of itself. And I I think that that's so wonderful in our own lives. And, you know, Mm. in this situation, if we apply the principles of the gospel that we hope to be living to difficult situations, oftentimes the answers will emerge in ways that we hadn't anticipated, mm-hmm. you know. And in this situation, um, Paul is is concerned um that, that they there are those who are saying that um there is no resurrection again. Now, Paul was a Pharisee. I'm sorry, I just don't have a good angle on this. Okay. Oh, and so he says, he explains that he explained to them at the outset that this whole reason for him being there, that Jesus was buried and then he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen. I love it. Cephas, who is, is Peter, yes. you know, which means a rock. And then of the twelve. Yep. And when... And after that, he was seen of about of above five hundred brethren yes. at what? once, yes, of whom I the know. greater part remain here. Most of them right. are still alive. And after that, he was seen of James, um, then of all the apostles. Which is interesting because we spoke about that that at the outset his brothers maybe weren't so sure oh. of this idea.
2: I oh, love no. that part. It just makes me just, I wish we had more insight on what happened in that, in that encounter. Family, yes. Or just when Jesus sees James and he's now converted after, I mean, Deeply. it's like it takes him after his resurrection. To, it's so beautiful. And, it, his, these his, are his such great it's like such story. a great story. I wish I knew more of it. Yeah, you, know? Know. And, you
1: know, I mean, that's yeah. one of the things as, as we become more and more intimate with what they're speaking of, mm-hmm. don't they feel more and more real? Oh, because yes. you you find you think of the ways things happen in your life. Right. And with your families. Oh. And I mean but And how they, heartbreaking for Jesus. Yes.
2: His family, his own family, his mother obviously believes, but right, his yes. siblings, his half siblings like don't
0: believe it was his it whole so life. Sad. I mean so even sad. with Emmaus, with the road to Maeus, and they come yes. back, and they don't believe till they see him. And you're right, like, but but yeah. and I but I hear.
1: So Paul is sort of going over. There are yeah. all these evidences. and we're in first. And, we're in First Corinthians 15, oh yes, sorry, five, first, six, and yes, seven, I'm reading right, right now. Yes, yes, I've been reading from first from First Corinthians chapter fifteen. Yes, and now and now um, he says after James, which is verse seven, he says, and last of all, he was seen of me also mm-hmm. as one born. Out of due time, for I am the least of the apostles. He knows, you know. He yes. then, you know, he as we t- spoke about, yeah. he is so conscious. Humble. Yeah, well, he's very conscious of the fact that he thought serving God meant persecuting mm-hmm. yeah. God, because he understands. I, I really appreciate it where he says that Jesus led Moses in the wilderness, mm. and they. What yes. The food came from Jesus and yes. water came from Jesus. He, he sees this very clearly, yeah. something that my mother was able to see most clearly in the Book of Mormon, actually, when <laughs> Jesus came himself yeah. and right. said who he was. That was transformational for my mother. Hmm. But Paul gets that very yeah. clearly. Um, and, and then he says, but now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you, that there is no resurrection of the dead. But if there be... And this is what I want to preface this with. I think I've mentioned the story of my daughter, Charity Sunshine, who was an opera singer, and she had two transplants, which made her lung transplants. She had been a completely healthy little girl, and when she was right before her 21st birthday, she was diagnosed with this condition, which she had experienced manifestations mm. of it in the year previous because she fainted three times. Mm. And the reason you faint is that it's very hard for the heart to pump blood through your lungs. Mm. So her heart, of course, we didn't know any of this, was three times too big on the right oh. side. And of course, many people die of this mm. condition without being diagnosed because okay. it's you don't know. No, no, you, know yeah. you can pretty much function. But she said, you know, she she had noticed that there were difficulty. Anyway, she was blessed to receive two lung transplants and she kept singing all over the world actually and um had many wonderful opportunities to serve because the illness it is not considered fatal but most people die within five
0: Hmm.
1: to, to 15 years and charity um Would have died probably in five years, because at five years she was doing very poorly and Mm. she had these transplants. But at this point, unfortunately, sometimes transplants, because it suppresses your immune system, Mm -hmm. um leave you very vulnerable to cancer. And she got cancer in her face, which was very hard. But and she grew and learned and she continued singing and performing and she was and but um it also the treatments for the cancer caused her to have a hard time swallowing, and she aspirated. Mm-hmm. Went into the hospital, and we were there at in the hospital. She was still oh. fighting so, so ch- enthusiastically for her life, yeah. and she lived life with so much enthusiasm, and it was so much. It was such a joy, and a, 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 it required a lot, but it also was such fun to be with her. She was full of mm-hmm. ideas of what we'll do next and how we'll do it. And, yeah. and everybody was a part of it and everybody in the church and everybody oh. at home and everybody on the street. She was very... Um, she, she shared her light widely. In fact, in the hospital, she was in the hospital on April Fool's Day. Mm-hmm. And she um, said, we've got to do a joke. We've got oh. to do a joke. <laughs> and she played the most oh. ridiculous... Poop joke on her physical therapist. Oh, oh gosh. that's <laughs> hilarious! Her, this is Charity, who is bar- oh. said, okay. I'm going to You have to get the chocolate. She oh, was oh my she had a diaper. That's she, hilarious. The physical therapist who was supposed to just help her with movement, and of course, most people didn't get physical therapy in her condition. Right. But she was still just pushing. Wow. to her. And and he, she was in the in the um, intensive care unit, and he comes in to do his little leg lift. She goes, Oh. Jim, I need some help. Said, oh, I'm so And she drops this diaper. Oh! And has it has a chocolate It is so, is so Was he I dying? Mean, oh, that is so beautiful. And it really funny. was very successful. It. She loved it. Oh. Well, unfortunately, if not too long afterwards, she was truly struggling. And I, both of us had felt she was going to make it. Mm-hmm. We were pushing and nobody, everybody thought we were a little crazy, but they were pushing with us. And um, then a few days—no, not a few days. It was maybe the day before. It was on Easter Sunday. Mm. I read this, these verses oh, in wow. um, in First Corinthians fifteen. I opened to them. Maybe, I asked wow. Heavenly Father. I said, Heavenly Father, I just need help to know how to push forward now at this juncture. And they—these were them. But if there is no some say there's no resurrection of the dead, he said. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain? And your faith is also vain. Oh. I mean, if if Christ hasn't risen, then there's, there's no reason to um, be here, actually, because this is all about that. He said, yea, and we are found... Um, False witness, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so it be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your and this is what I read. If Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also, which are fallen asleep in Christ, are perished. If in this life, this was the one that really, Mm. if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most
2: miserable.
1: Mm. I read Mm. that line, and it was as if the Lord had put it on a neon board and said, yes, you and Charity have been fighting and fighting well for this life. And yes, she is wonderful in this life. But your faith, is that she continues to live. Right. And when Charity did leave, I had this, i mentioned this before, that I had this, uh, figured out an elaborate medical path and all sorts of miracle, miraculous things. We had somebody offer, somebody who owned a drug company, offer wow. to pay for a third transplant. We had her very serious surgeon at the Cleveland Clinic say, I will do a third transplant for wow. Charity. We had someone say, we will find her lungs. You know, yeah. somebody who could. Um, we had a medication for the cancer mm. that I, we had fought to get allowed and that our insurance oh would pay for it. That we could used because we had to first get the cancer before she would be able to be on a transplant path. Mm. And she definitely, she would have to have been on ECMO because her lungs were failing, Mm -hmm. which is this extracorporeal membrane oxygenation, which our prophet was a part of developing that amazing technology. So you had
0: all these miracles. We had all these miracles.
1: And I said to Charity, Charity, we have all these things. And I know it's easy for me to say it. I know it's hard to do it. So Charity, and I'd never said this, I want you to choose what you want. The minute I said that, within 15 seconds, she was gone. Mm. I was so shocked. And I felt, though, that this had prepared me. Mm. And because I had thought, I had thought for a long time, but whenever we had, because we had many crises, that I had endured the death of our baby. I had endured the stillbirth of twin boys. I had endured the death after a terrible accident of my late husband. Mm-hmm. But I, Heavenly Father had rescued Cherry from what people thought was certain death. Now, really twice, two big times. Right. Mm. When she had each transplant, the doctors yeah. did not believe she would make it. Wow. Before, after, or before, before. The first one was mm-hmm. after they did not believe she would make it, and the second was. And somehow the Lord created a miracle. And she had these incredible giving years of life where she lived to magnify the talents that she'd been given. And here we were again. And I, t- I had told the Heavenly Father, I've really tried to endure with faith, these difficult things, but mm-hmm. please don't take charity. From my, you know, if you do, I just feel like I'm going to dig a hole in the desert. And I know it won't be good for my kids, but I just don't think I'm going to have it in me to go forward. And yet, when I read this line, and when I said this to Charity, and she f- seemed to choose, she seemed to see something mm-hmm. else and say, I'm moving forward now. I need that, yeah. Thank you, Mom, for letting me do it with your permission. Right. I was so grateful. And of course, as I read these verses again, they give me so much joy because my great hope in life I have no I love all my children I love my grandchildren I love being here with them and for them but my hope is to once again be with my husband with our little boys who died with my beautiful daughter with those others but I feel in a very powerful way because these were people who were you know just my very being was wound Mm -hmm. up with them And it is so great to hear Paul say, (laughs) but now Christ is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since um, by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even as in Christ shall all All be made made alive. alive."
2: I love that so much.
1: And
0: that is beautiful. Well, I... I struggled with um, death. You know, my father died four days after I lost my last baby, mm-hmm. and um, so as I was dealing with both of that huge grief, mm-hmm. so um, I uh, remembered this scripture that's in First Corinthians fifteen, fifty-five. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Mm. Oh, grave, where is thy victory? I love that. Yes, and I thought. As I was going through the grief of it, mm-hmm. you didn't solve it. The sting is still there. Yeah. I am falling apart. Emotionally, right. I feel like my soul has been torn in half. As though that I those that I loved were ripped from my heart and thrown to the other side of the veil. And I felt it was it was like overwhelming. And the big question that I struggled with was if Christ has bridged the gap. Between this life and the other life, then how come I can't, through Christ, have that gap bridged today? Hmm. And I struggled and I prayed. And for me, um, and I don't know if you've had these experiences, but um, very soon after that, I, I told you I had this odd experience where I was driving down a road and my car flipped oh, wow. twice in the snow. And as I lunged forward, I felt my father catch me. So I didn't go through the window. Oh, wow. And I heard my son say, Mom, get up and run. And as the car flipped, I ran around the car <laughs> like a wheel, you know, wow. like those barrel rides. Yeah. And I never was upside down. And I was like, Oh, Christ did bridge the gap. That yeah. even in this life, there are moments. Where that veil is so oh. thin, oh. and through Christ, just That's like right. the veil we talked about, right. through Christ, there are only times, right. and it's like the veil today. You have to go through the temple, and the Lord gets to choose when you go through the veil. You don't right. just dance through it whenever you want. That's right. But in the Lord's time, there are moments where we're allowed to get so close or see beyond that veil because Christ has suffered. And has chosen the times but has bridged that gap even now, and I don't know if you've had oh, those I mean that, that yeah. has been.
1: I mean that was what sustained this insight is mm. many powerful experiences of Charity <laughs> and my husband and my father too, and of course our little boy. I've had experience with him, but Charity still a lot. She comes because I still miss <laughs> her terribly. Yes. And timber, I miss too, but he knows we. We have a long conversation on yes. that one. And I, and he's sort of like, yeah, and you know, you had a lot more to learn than I did. <laughs> <laughs> he always True. jokes with me. My husband tells me really funny things that oh. he would say. Um, but but Charity, when I feel just this grief of her lot, yeah. she always says, Mom, I am in a world where so there's so much of glory and beauty and i'm so busy oh. doing things and i am so happy and i don't want you to don't worry. Th- yeah. i don't want you to sink into this i know you yeah. miss me i appreciate that i know that you love me right. i know that everybody loves me everybody misses me and i want you to work on the things you that have to work on so there beautiful. and that helps me so much yeah. i mean it's a very real thing i have a beautiful painting one of our Friends with whom Charity stayed when she was being treated for cancer in Cleveland is an artist and she painted a, she used to paint a lot in black and white and mm-hmm. browns and things but yeah. beautiful complex gorgeous work and after Charity died I we were there because they had a memorial for her at, in Cleveland and I went to the home of my friend Kathy Black and this big beautiful painting was uh, propped up in her Hmm. in her living room I said oh that's beautiful Kathy it's so different it's so full of color and light and she said oh yeah I call it charity do you see she's in the corner of that painting and it was a because Kathy sort of specialized in hidden things in painting And and it took me a while to see her but there she was in a very very unmistakably, yeah, and this tremendous light and color, God, so look, bursting beautiful. from her. And I, I did get that painting. I told her I have to. <laughs> oh. Somebody wants to buy it. I said, I'm I need that, that one. one. Oh, and yeah. It was a big investment for very appropriately for me. And I look at it. It's and at at home. It's over my bed to the side, though. So oh, whenever beautiful. I'm feeling really sad, I oh. and I see her, but. More than that, I have powerful experiences. Mm. That is so beautiful. beautiful, so beautiful. Such a gift to have. And that. so these these, these words really, um, really help me to feel the the power that it's not just me that Paul says it, and he said it for a long time, and and it says, for he meaning the Savior, um, must reign till he hath put. All enemies under his feet. Hmm. And the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith, All things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. Anyway, so he says, um, He goes on then to talk. I want to skip to this verse seven. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then Shall the Son also himself be subject unto him the Father that put all things under him the Son, that God may be all in all? Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead?
2: Hmm.
1: That is a very good question. It is a very good and question. And it's a question right. that became even more interesting Yeah, as... Christianity evolved Mm -hmm. and that practice ceased to be a part of it. Now, I, when I was young, my, my dad's job involved a lot of traveling. And so he was one of the wonderful things is he dragged us. We were happy to come (laughs) along with him from the time my sister and I were Mm. very young. We only had two children. It's a little harder when you have a huge group, but (laughs) we did. And um, on different trips, once we were in Ephesus, which mm-hmm. is where Paul oh, wrote he, this letter from. Oh which wow! Is yeah. And um, we were given, being given just sort of the standard tour, and the man said, "Oh yes, and here you see this pond. This is where they did baptisms for the dead." Mm. And you're we like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. <laughs> I, and it yeah. was well, I wasn't a member of the church then, mm-hmm. but I was like, "Huh, interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Baptisms for the dead." Another time, we were in a Coptic church in Cairo mm. with wow. a Funny guy. He was. He was. You know. He was just funny. He was. He, he knew he was funny. And, um, but we were in the Coptic church, and we went down at the basement. He said, "And here is where they did baptisms for the dead." Hmm. So in the early churches, yeah. this was a practice. a practice. Right. And it is interesting that it was removed. Right. Until the, it, the rest is yeah. interesting
0: because without baptism for the dead, if you believe right. John. Um, is it five, three through five or the, um, about you a man must be born of water and the spirit yes. or he will not enter the kingdom of God. Right. If you believe what Christ said, it minimizes yeah. the number of people that it can actually even have access to right. Christ's atonement.
1: I mean, right. it, I it, mean becomes it, 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 it becomes calvinistic
0: it becomes whether you know the lord has arranged your life so that you're in that little swath of people
1: right exposed to
0: right those and, in the right place yes. with those that had the authority and there's long areas of time where the authority wasn't on the church
1: right. and what of them I mean it makes yeah. it it's it's a it really becomes kind of absurd because all the world are the lord's people and right. of course now in this very interconnected world we know how holy so many people Oh, who are absolutely. not Baptists. Oh, I mean, absolutely. The holiness and the purity of their commitment, yes. of their faith, and the way it realizes itself in the way they are and who they are. I, I'm I'm just thinking of the Dalai Lama who, have, who our family has had the opportunity to know him, but more than... And he's just a lovely person, but the things that he says are oh, so yes. important. He definitely so deep, has a spirit with him. He definitely has a spirit, um, but that's just one yes. of billions, probably, at least, absolutely, I imagine. Right. And... And this doctrine, we don't know how it's all going to be affected, but it does mean if baptism is important, everyone will be able to get it. Absolutely. No
0: matter what happens in this life, it is a beautiful, beautiful gift. Absolutely. Well, in addition to the concept of baptism for everyone, how resurrection worked and what it looked like and what our reward looked like was unclear. Mm. And Paul spends some time in um, verse 15 explaining the resurrection of the just. And so if we go um, to uh, verse in 15, 40 to 42, it says, there are bodies celestial and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is other. And there is one glory of the sun and another of the moon and another of the stars. For one star differs from another of glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. Mm -hmm. And so it talks right there about those three degrees of glory. Yeah. And um, as, a, as a teenager, I was struggling with things in the gospel. It's funny, I knew the Book of Mormon is true, but I was determined to prove the church wasn't true, so I wouldn't <laughs> have to go anymore. And one day, I was looking through an art book that my mother had, and I brought a picture, which is gonna be really hard to see, but we may impose it, and it's the Last Judgment at mm-hmm. the Sistine Chapel. So- and I was shocked. Because this is Michelangelo, and there is the celestial, the terrestrial, and the telestial, mm. and the outer darkness right here. And you're just Amazing. like, it's so clear, and it's right here. Right. And and it's one of those things that we're one of the few faiths that teach this in clarity.
1: Clarity, in clarity. Right. I think it's sometimes obscured. Shima, we yeah. th- you were going to talk to us a little bit about the women. the women, yeah, yeah, and we don't want. We have time forget- for that. Oh, yeah, we can do yes. that. Yes.
2: Well, uh so some of, probably the most controversial thing that Paul says, I think, yes, at least as is. a woman, <laughs> is where he says in Corinthians fourteen thirty four <laughs> to thirty five, "Let your women keep silent in the churches, for it is not permitted for them to rule, but to be under obedience, as it is also set in the law that, and if they learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to rule the church." So, I want to talk about that in context, but I also want to kind of. Anytime there's a scripture or something that, you know, you read, uh, you know, modern revelation or scripture that doesn't sit right. I think it's better to kind of take a step back and try to think, well, what is, okay, what is the role of women in the church? That's true. Right? And I think if you look back from Eve to, you know, Jesus Christ to now, I mean, Eve was... Uh, had so much courage. She, she was brave. She made it a beautiful choice to start the plan of salvation. Absolutely. And then you think of Christ and his dealings. Who did he first reveal his mission to that he was going to be the Savior? It was a Samaritan woman, right? right? Who does he first appear to at resurrection? It's Mary Magdalene. I mean, Women were critical and have been critical from the beginning of time in the kingdom of God and building the kingdom. And so this if this doesn't sit right with you, it's because it, it contradicts all of the rest of Scripture. Which and also
1: means it may have been. Well, no, and that's
2: what I was going to say sorry, is listen. so the modern kind of uh, consensus of scholars who have studied this is these verses were actually not in the middle of Paul's teachings. They actually were found at the very end. And so what the theory is, is they were either an asterisk as a side, as in maybe somebody in Corinth had said this and Paul was trying to refute it, or it was put in later by scribes. But I mean, even the consensus is that Paul didn't really believe this because it does directly contradict Corinthians um, 11.5, where he speaks about women praying and prophesying in church in a positive light. And so anyway, I think anytime something doesn't sit right it's typically because it's not you know it's not right and, and it's you, not true. Now what are
0: the specific verses that we're talking about
2: oh uh it's 14 35 and 36 I believe it is okay um those are the tr- the ones that are troublesome yeah 34 and th- uh, 34 and 35 and, f- and 14 but um but so they are not if you see them right now they're in the middle of the chapter but all the versions of Paul that we have it, uh, right. it was actually at the end. And so that's why the people, the Absolutely. experts are saying, that's not right. And did you, you know? look
0: at the Joseph Smith translation? Because it doesn't say speak. It says the women shouldn't rule, rule. the church. And, he, and, and yes. so we don't have right. a female prophet. That's right. We don't have a female bishop. We do believe the priesthood was given to Adam from the beginning. Right. But it's not speak. So it right. was a mistranslation. That's right. And we do believe in the priesthood. I am... Um, Read a post and it, you know, like sometimes you get those like silly posts that come to you like on TikTok sure. and you go, oh, that's true. <laughs> right. But the one that got me was yeah. that if you look at the prophets and the men who have had the Lord speak to them, yeah. most often they have to either climb a mountain mm. like Moses, right. they have to go and they're called someplace yeah. or they're in the middle of doing something it naughty and they get the struck. Yeah, But for women hmm. having those powerful experiences... They are in the middle of what they are doing mm, yes. out of righteousness. And the Lord comes to them. Yes. They don't have to go to the Lord. And I think the Lord speaks to us one-on-one. Yeah. It's part of our veil, of yeah. uh, that connection we have personally to the Lord. Right. Whereas so much for men, their role is to go through the priesthood, through the administration, right. which separates them a little bit, but gives them that... Peace that they don't get naturally, that sometimes we do that sounds so bad, but I believe it's true. I think that
1: anchors them them in the faith because in our women's lives, we desperately need the Lord for what we are managing. We really cannot manage it. Whether you have, like, you are trying to coordinate Shima, a big career and a big family, whether you have a family with all sorts of challenges and things, whether you, but women. Are in the thick of life, right? Twenty four seven. And also, we're given this this uh, this um, gift of creation,
2: and that brings right. us, like you said, the veil. The veil is thin, and it's most thin when you've had your babies.
0: Absolutely. And I'm thinking about like this
2: baby coming, my fifth one. It's like that is. I mean, think of like the times of your life. It's like when you lose somebody through death or right. it's when you, have, when you have and women baby. have this gift and men don't ever have to experience that so and it's a huge you know, gift it it's a so huge big. gift and
0: so we have other ways to access that, that avail. and powers. that's where I think to say to men are right. allowed to have the priesthood in this rule yeah. and we don't need that because we have gifts spiritual gifts whether and I I laughed because I said the gift of prophecy yeah. oh yeah like like knowing what our children need and knowing and having those those yeah. inspirations sometimes for women, those yeah. spiritual gifts are so absolutely. strong, and
2: even the priesthood. I mean, we do exercise the priesthood in the temple, oh, absolutely, and, and for whatever reason we don't outside. But to me, right. I feel like the gifts that we've been given outside of the temple and in
1: the temple together. I don't feel like and unlucky. I don't want to rule. <laughs> yeah. And, well, I think that what right. Christine said right now is really important. Yeah. That if you are a woman highly engaged in everything that your life brings. Yes. You are grateful that Absolutely. the men have some things actually they have <laughs> the to, do. to do. They have to do, yeah. They have to do them, to do them with others. I'm so grateful. And they, yeah. and they have to do them with others. It's and they have to give us blessings and all of that. I think that it's a way women, for them to serve uh, differently than we do. I, you know? I believe that the Lord knew what He was doing in that. Absolutely. I don't see, think that it gives them more whatever. No. It gives them more of a reason to stay close to the Lord. Absolutely. And it gives them more of an understanding of what that connection Absolutely. gives you in life. We It wouldn't be fair if we got everything. That's right. Not that, <laughs> it's no, not
0: fair. And it
2: would it end would up not. being possible I mean, I really un- for us. You right. Know? It, because if we're to preside, and, if yes, we're to do yeah, yeah, exercise of priesthood and blessing much, and right. healing so, as well as giving life. I mean, God would never do that. He wants right. all of his children to be close to him. And those are, right. there's different there ways for be us to access.
0: As
1: as a single mother right now, it really is a lot. It is. But but even in this way, I am grateful right. that I can ask my son in law to give me oh, a blessing, absolutely. Right. or I can ask my son to absolutely. do this or that. You know, or and I can it is, and that I can invest that particular kind of authority in them that somehow lifts my burdens. That's and I am grateful for it, it and I
0: think even in the organization of the church, as a woman, there are right. so many roles to fulfill. There are. With letting that administration and yes. letting the men become. It and it I
2: was. would love to share a couple of things that, okay. that modern prophets have said just about that. Just to, as far as just women. I mean, Spencer W. Kimball said, the kingdom of God is not and cannot be complete without women who make sacred covenants okay. and then keep them. Women who can speak with the power and authority of God. He says, female exemplars of the church will be a significant force in both numerical and the spiritual growth of the church in the last days. And then, of course, our beloved prophet, President Nelson, is also said. President Kimball said that. Kimball said that. And then Nelson, that was in the role of Righteous Mm -hmm. Women Talk. President Nelson said, the kingdom of God is not and cannot be complete without women who make sacred covenants again. And then keep them women who can speak with the power of the and authority of God. So I mean, I there this is powerful stuff. Like we have a role. And this is why I love this podcast, because w- through scripture, we could that's the power that we can gain. I know. To to empower other women, right? To teach them, to it's access actually, this power of God. Power
1: because it's there. And right? it and and it is he will pour it into us. There's a book that I think is published by Cedar Fort Media called God comes to women. I mm. ordered, uh, and um, and I um, I haven't been able to read it yet, but I just read the f- idea oh, of it. Beautiful. And it was very much what you said. I thought God comes to women. But it's exactly that, that God doesn't make us go to a faraway place to find him. Right. He doesn't, make, he knows that we need him to come to us. Mm. And in the scriptures, that. it's so beautiful how he comes to Mary. He yeah. comes Absolutely.
2: to I never, I, that's such a good insight, Christine. I've never it thought is, of it that way. It's amazing because the more you think comes. about it, the
0: more it'll just expand. I love and then it. it expands in your own life. Yes. So it, it is interesting how we see that. I love what we've talked about today and how we started with the gift of prophecy and these gifts of the Spirit mm. that guide us, which is what we're talking about, feeling that inspiration. And then as women, realizing our role mm-hmm. is one of support, mm-hmm. And one of of real inspiration and using the spirit to lift and love and and carry other people, and then your wonderful experiences beyond the veil, and with um, charity and feeling those moments mm-hmm. of power and of um, prophecy. And I just wanted to end with we're at the very end of Corinthians, oh, and um, great Paul says, "Watch ye, stand fast in the faith." Oh quit ye like, and we'll say women, but he says, men, be strong. Let all things be done with charity. Mm. And I was so touched by that. It it says, stand fast in the faith. Mm. And we really do need to just stand fast on the rock of our Redeemer and have our feet placed clearly on the Savior. We need to, and I love that it says, quit like men or adults or women, but we're also supposed to be as a child. And we didn't talk about that, but in 1 Corinthians, he yes, says, so important. I love that part. In malice be children, in the understanding, understanding be men or adults. Yes. And I love that our understanding is grown up, That's yes. right. but our hearts. Have that love of little children. Just, I have to say, I have my little penny. And when I walk in the door, you just see her whole body, grandma, grandma. And you're just like, oh, there's just, you know, some of us put layers between, you know, our love and what we show. And then finally, let all things be done with charity. Mm. Let's see people the way the Savior does and treat them the way the Savior would. Had he been here, sorry. I am so grateful for this time together. Shima, Thank you. you are just a joy and so brilliant fun. and doing wonderful things. And as always, Annette, I just love you to death and so- all you've been through. And you're just a survivor.
1: Oh. Yeah. You're amazing. But you're I, thriving. Oh, you're just so, the love, joy you no, have. I, and- that, I, I am grateful that that, that is what you, learn. you you, We are here because there's a reason to grow, to learn, to, and to to have joy. And it is truly a joy to be able to share these pictures as women. Thank you. Yes, and thank thank you you for for joining
0: us. We're grateful. Thank you.